Thank you for tuning in to the Scattered Abroad podcast. This is a work that is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, gospel preachers seek to scatter the seed and unite the church and the world with Christ, despite our distances and differences. Here are your hosts, Caleb Rutherford and Michael Clark. Hey guys, I know the episode hasn't started yet, but we want to take a moment to talk about this month's sponsor. Yeah, we're extremely excited that Christian Family Bookstore has come aboard this month for this sponsorship and this giveaway. What they've graciously offered to do is they've allowed us to give away three $40 gift certificates. Again, that's three $40 gift certificates. So obviously a great deal. You can pick anything out on their site that would be helpful in your resources and your study of the Word of God. But before we get to how you need to enter into that giveaway, Michael's going to talk to us a little bit about Christian Family Bookstore. Yeah, Christian Family Bookstore has been a widely trusted resource for many years. In fact, with roots in bookstore business going back to 1978, they have provided sound materials with a biblically conservative theme. In fact, they offer superb customer service, a wide selection, and the ability to get just about any anything you need from Bibles, church supplies, communion, literature, and even study materials. Christian Family Bookstore is able to help you out. And if you're passing through Chattanooga, you can stop by and pay them a visit at 5319 Ringgold Road. That's R-I-N-G-G-O-L-D Road. Or you can visit their website at thechristianfamilybookstore.com. You can also give them a call at 423-855- Four six nine zero, And if you ever see them at a major event like polishing the pulpit or the Memphis lectureship or you just happen to bump into them at an event, make sure to stop by and say hello. Yeah, they're extremely friendly people. They love to talk to you. They love to help you find whatever resources that you need. Now, in order to enter this giveaway, again, you probably guessed it, you got to do one thing, and that's go to our website, scatteredabroad.org, enter your name, your email for our subscribed email list, and then you will be successfully entered to win, again, one of the three $40 gift certificates that we're going to be giving away. That's right, and we're so thankful for Christian Family Bookstore taking the time to sponsor this month's episode, and here it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scatter the Broad, our podcast where all of our hosts are present, and we try to answer Bible questions to help you on your daily walk with Christ. And we're glad that you've taken some time to be with us. I'm your host, Michael Clark. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. And we, again, thank you so much for taking some of your time out of the day to stop and listen or to watch this podcast. We want to say before we begin that it would help us tremendously if you would take just a few moments to rate and review this podcast and really any podcast on our platform. You can do that in a variety of different ways. You could do it on the podcast app itself. You could email us your review. You could message us on Facebook. Whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, please just leave us a rate and review. It helps us tremendously. And most of all, we'd also be helped out if you would subscribe. We would love to be a daily content provider for you, and we're excited for all the things that are going on here at Scattered Abroad, and we hope and pray that you'll come along with us for the journey. Now, this year we're talking about the theme of Scattered Yet United, and today's episode is on United and Understanding. Now, understanding is is difficult because if you're like I am, there are some things you understand very well and there are some things you don't understand well at all. Uh, Everybody has their strengths, everybody has their weaknesses. And when we think about the idea of understanding, to understand something means you fully grasp it. You understand it, you know it in and out, you know exactly what to do, and it's almost like you could do it blindfolded. Uh, We have people that know technology so well that you could basically turn them around and blindfold them, and then they still know where everything is. They know what their station looks like, they know what their workflow is, and they're very capable because they've taken the time to learn what is needed to be done. 
But there's other things that we have to really work hard to understand. And we really try and focus on how to understand these things. And the first question is along those lines. Some people say, Drew, that error is it's just kind of whatever you think it might be. There's no real way to know completely that it's wrong or right. And so I want to ask the question, can we truly understand what error is? The way I'd like to answer that is by asking another question. Can we truly understand what truth is? Right. Because if we can understand what truth is, then we can understand what error is. And so can we understand what truth is? Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free, John 8, 32. If we couldn't know it, why in the world would he say it? John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So we can know that the word of God is absolute truth. So anything that does not meet the standard, which is the word of God, is error. Ephesians 3, 4, by which when you read, you may understand. Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, Ephesians 5, 17. And so since we can truly understand what truth is, we can distinguish what error is. For example, Matthew 19, 9, the teaching on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Anything that does not meet what Jesus said is error. Amen. You know, a man can come along and have it and twist it in any way he wants to, but if it goes against what God has revealed, it's automatically wrong. Uh, and so understanding what truth is helps us to see what error is. And the biblical text that I'd like to share very quickly is 1 John chapter 4. And if you have headings in your Bible like I do, it says the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let's just notice this very quickly. 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, John says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And so, yes, we can truly understand what error is. We can truly understand what truth is. And so we need to make sure that we don't allow anything to cloud our judgment. But let's make sure we stick to the truth of God's word. That's right. Chase? Yeah, that last comment, or the last uh, verse you just mentioned, Basically, what that's saying is it's pretty readily seen the ring of truth, if you will, versus the spirit of error. And uh, certainly, it, it does take discernment on our part. But it's like I mentioned in a previous episode, uh, doctors, when they go to medical school, they learn right anatomy and physiology. And then it's very easy for them to see when disease is occurring because they immediately spot the difference from what it's supposed to look like. So again, as, as Drew said, if we... If we know what the Bible says, and we know it backwards and forwards, we're going to be able to spot error very readily. That's right. You can identify a lot of things just by looking for it. You know, I can identify what the speed limit is if I look for it. But if I don't look, and then I get pulled over, and the officer says, do you know, have any idea how fast you're going? Yes. Well, do you know what the speed limit is here? Sorry, I haven't been looking for that. That's not going to bode well for me when he asks me that question. <laughs> yeah. And really, error, we have a book that tells us, gives us those same types of signs, warning signs of what not to do. I'll tell this story, and then I want to get to Cantrell, because uh, I made a, a really big mistake years ago. Went to Valdosta, Georgia mm -hmm. for Yes Weekend, 
And while we were there, I was with a couple of friends and we were driving. Now, I don't live in Georgia. And so we were getting back onto the highway. And I didn't realize because of how dark it was that I got on the wrong side of the highway. There was a big grass median. And so I'm driving on the wrong side of the highway. And the guy that's sitting next to me goes, you know, you're going to kill us, right? That's all he said. And so I, I hopped the median. And poor Chris Rogers, a good buddy of ours, was driving behind me in a small, low-to-the-ground car, and he had to hop that grass median, too. And I said, you just wait. He's about to call me. And sure enough, I heard my phone ringing. And see, I had no clue because I didn't see the warning signs that told me exactly where to go until I got on the road and it said, warning, wrong way. Once I saw that, though, what am I supposed to do? I have to make a decision. I can either say, well, I believe this feels right. Mm-hmm. And no one in their right mind would say that that's what they were going to continue to do. They're going to make that decision. Maybe they wouldn't do what I did and hop the median, but I was a teenager at the time. You can't really blame me for that. <laughs> but I did the best that I could because I knew I couldn't continue the path that I was on. Right. Here's the interesting thought, though. When you think about it, who's, whose fault was it, though? Right. It who's, was mine. It was yours. Um, and that's the thing about, about air. It, it, it's, it's our choice, and we have to make sure that you, know, you can go through life um, but you have to make that choice to see the difference between truth and error. Right. It can be there, um, but it's your responsibility to see that. Um, right. And you have to be able to make that distinction between truth and error. That's right. Cantrell? One of the things about counterfeit, we have a, a member at Casita Road, and, and one of the things he was telling me about counterfeit is they don't study the fake stuff. Right. They study the real, and they're so familiar with the real that they can readily tell what's not real. And going back to Drew's point, that's exactly how we should be with, with the Word of God. Yeah, it should not take us long to, to identify what's wrong and, and what, <laughs> what isn't right. We went to a church in Atlanta years ago, and it took us exactly five minutes to determine that we probably wouldn't attend at that congregation anymore when we were visiting in that area because we could tell. I mean, it's, it's not hard to identify what error is and to understand what it is, but you do have to be taught. You know, that's what Paul said in Romans 7. I would not have known sin had the law not said what sin was. Thou shalt not covet. And he says, once I learned, sin revived and I died. And it was his understanding of I understood what error was. I understood exactly what I had done in my, my, you know, um, I was complicit in it, essentially. And now I had to correct it. Mm-hmm. Chase, you got something you want to say? Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. That's right. You know them by their fruits. And it's, it is not hard to look at a tree and know whether it's bearing fruit or not. Right. And these teachers of false doctrine, they want to look like they're bearing a lot of trees. They've got a lot of branches, but there's nothing on them. Right. And that's the issue. And so understanding what error is, that's absolutely possible. Uh, Josh, or Cantrell, I, I normally call you Cantrell. <laughs> I'm just going to call you Cantrell. <laughs> How can this world understand each other better? Because I think you'd agree, and everyone at this table, and I hope everyone watching and listening would agree, we don't understand each other like we used to. We, we can't sit down and have a civil conversation about our differences. We can't sit down and have a conversation about where we think society has gone wrong and what needs to be done. And so how do we start the journey back? How can we get the world to understand each other better? I think that goes back to a previous episode we talked about a couple of months ago. And I think it's just a failure on, on our part of, of knowing each other. I can remember a couple months ago when everything, you know, kind of transpired. You know, you called me and we and we talked pretty much every day for two weeks. You know, just about what was going on, and and though we didn't agree on everything, we were still brethren. Mm-hmm. And I think afterwards, we you know we probably loved each other more than going in. But 
it's, it's, it's difficult to understand or it's difficult to talk to someone and you really don't know them. You know, I think the same thing is true uh, with God. You know, I always tell people your prayer life will also identify a character flaw. And what I mean by that is you only talk to someone you trust. You only talk to someone or you only share with them uh, things that you really want them to know and to share. So, you know, the reason why I think many people don't understand God is because they don't know God. They don't know his word. And as far as the world's perspective, you know, how how can this world understand each other? How can we get to a place where we're able to uh, have conversations to <laughs> excuse me, to be able to disagree, but not let those things become biblical, you know, not let those things put such a bad taste in our mouths that we won't even discuss things. And I think, you know, this year, you know, a lot of things have uh, transpired and, and it's not because it's a lack of love. It's just a lack of being able to listen. And I hear it all the time. You know, sometimes we, we hear with the intent to respond rather than actually listening to what the other person is trying to say. Proverbs 4, 7, uh, Solomon says, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, but in all of thou getting, get an understanding. And so it's one thing just to hear, but we also have to be able to, uh, to get an understanding. And again, the world, they hate each other with impunity. Christians, we can't afford to do that. That's right. We Amen. don't have time to do that. Amen. You know? And lest we, lest we overlook the real problem, I think it's important that we say this. Racism is not a USA problem alone. Mm -hmm. It's not something that originated in this country. It is not something that can be eradicated simply just in this country. I, I want to encourage those of you that are, are watching or listening to look at Genesis 43 and verse 22 for a moment, or 32, I should say. Genesis 43, 32. This is back well before we have all these different things going on, but that verse says that they set him, that's Joseph, a place by himself and them by themselves and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves. Why? Because the Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews for it was considered an abomination to the Egyptians. Why? Because they weren't Egyptians. And if they were Hebrews, they could eat together. And you, you stop and think about the context of that, and that's Joseph who is testing his brothers in these chapters, 43 on through 46, and yet he can't even eat with them, <laughs> though he is a Hebrew, mm -hmm. and he can't even eat with the people that he's helped get out of famine yeah. because of their own customs of saying that was an abomination to them. And so let's not, let's, let's call it what it is. Racism is a sin problem. Amen. It originated sure. the moment that the fruit was eaten in the Garden of Eden. That type of right. sin entered into the world just like any other sins entered into the world, and it can only be fixed by following the plan that God has laid out for us. Amen. Now, God condones what happens in this world only in the sense that he's not going to stop people's free will. Right. That's the only way God you can look at God condoning sin because he's not going to force you to not have free will. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about God and giving us that free will. And so as we look throughout the history of mankind and throughout the history of the Bible, I believe Jonah was a prejudiced prophet. Mm and that he tried to keep Nineveh, a specific nation, from hearing God's word because of what they had been known to do. And so this is not a, an American problem. It's just a sin problem. That's right, that's right. And we have to get back to calling it what it is. And so when we talk about understanding each other better, I think the important thing is listening instead of speaking sometimes on both sides, taking a moment and listening to someone and then letting them 
Take a moment and listen to the other side, the other perspective. It's the only way we're actually going to grow and get better if we keep shouting over each other, if we keep fighting with each other. Nothing better is ever going to happen. The fact that we can have a disagreement and we can still be brethren is the important part. No one's ever going to always agree. We have to continue to push forward. Kentro, you have one more thing? You know, you, you, you know, I'm sure all you guys agree. You said it right on the head. You know, it's a sin problem. Galatians chapter 2, Paul, Paul already addressed that. So me as a preacher and, and as a, you know, a black person, Paul's already addressed it. So what's really, what are we really talking about? You right. know, sometimes, you know, I have to say that, you know, to, you know, the brethren who are really upset about it. Galatians chapter 2, he's already talked about it. Let's be done with it. Let's mm-hmm. preach the word. That's right. That's exactly right. It doesn't matter what happens in our country. doesn't matter what happens in the world. It's still just a sin problem. And sin can only be fixed by following Jesus. Uh, Jameson, we're going to move on to you as we talk about this idea of understanding. And so I want to ask you what the best and worst example comes to your mind when it comes to understanding in the Scriptures. The best and worst case of understanding is we find it in the Scriptures. Well, I'm thinking about that, and what came to my mind was uh, in one place, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 27, uh, there Jesus, talking about religious people, uh, people who claim to serve God, uh, he said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Uh, have we not cast out demons in your name? Haven't we done many wonders in your name? But then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So he sets up this idea as, look, just because you have some sort of understanding when it comes to the Scriptures does not mean that you're going to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's right. Uh, and what he does is he then concludes that Sermon on the Mount, and I think he provides the best and worst example of understanding when it comes to the Scriptures right. in verse 24 through verse 27. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Rain descended, floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. I read something recently, and I'd never seen it before in this passage, but the writer emphasized that the storm came on both houses. Uh, it, It wasn't that the storm came on one and not the other, but... The difference was is that one stood and the other fell. And what and what does that represent? The one that stood is the best understanding of the scriptures, hearing what God says and doing it. Amen. And the worst, I would say, understanding when it comes to the scriptures is, as Jesus said, maybe hearing what God says, maybe having some sort of basic understanding of what God says, maybe even having a more in-depth understanding of what God says, but not doing it. Um, I think that right there is a great example from our Lord himself. I've used this example before, and I want to throw it to Drew in a second here, but I've used this example before on the podcast that, you know, you, you get something and you have an instruction manual and you don't necessarily follow it the first time. And then you find a a screw or a piece, and you're like, oh, where does this go? And, of course, it goes 
well back in the bottom of the thing after you've put the whole thing together. Now you have to take it all apart. And if you've ever done what I did one time, oh, we don't need it. You do. They, they gave it to you for a reason. You do need it. And so, like you said, that's that's what I've always thought about when it comes to the, the wise and foolish man was perhaps the foolish man cut corners and had finished faster. And yet, at the end of the day, doing it right and taking the time to do it right was more important. Drew, do you have something you want to say? Yeah, when we were thinking about examples, I couldn't help but think about Naaman. And those three words that we emphasize from Second Kings 5, Behold, I thought. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's a lot of the, the problem from a spiritual perspective or in the religious world, if so many end it right there. Behold, I thought this is the way it should be. Uh, I think your dad emphasized that he could say the leper's prayer. you know. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and we think about, sadly, what goes on in the religious world and the false doctrine that's being spread. And a lot of it originates with man. Right. And if it originates with man, it's error. Let's make sure it originates with God. So many times we, we say those three words, behold, I thought, instead of saying the other three words, thus saith the Lord. Amen. That's what we need right. to be looking at. And how, how does it work? You remember the game telephone, right? Mm-hmm. You ever play the game telephone growing up where you give a phrase to somebody? If we did this on the show, we're not going to, but if we did this on the show, we give Jameson a phrase, and Jameson gives it to Chase. You only get to say it one time. By the time it gets to Drew, it's nowhere close. Right. And right. that's only just about six people. You get a group of 20 or 30 teens at a, at a camp, and you do something like this, goodness what will happen is just insane you'll have a phrase that starts off really nice and it gets to the end and it's just utter nonsense (laughs) well that's what happens when man tries to make a doctrine they're not consistent they can't be consistent they can't hold fast because they're not all-knowing they're not all-seeing and they're not all-powerful god has no errors in his book that have to be contended with that are concerning and so as we look to that idea of best and worst case of understanding the Scriptures, you understand the Scriptures, you won't be wrong. You follow what the Scriptures say, you won't be wrong. Cantrell? Yeah, that's a good point. When you look at the New Testament, um, every time the word doctrine is used is always in connection to Christ. And so mm-hmm. when you always see doctrines in the plural form, it's always talking about doctrines of devils or, mm-hmm. or doctrines of men, you know, different things like that. That's right. We're told in John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. And that Word became flesh later on in chapter 1 and dwelt among us. And that's exactly right. He's the doctrine. John 14. That's right. He's the way, the truth. That's right. right. Drew, you got something? Yeah, and that's exclusive for Jesus to say that. Right. Uh, Yeah, Galatians 1, 6 through 9. That's right. Paul, Paul takes it to a different level. He said, if a man comes and says it, but even if someone claims that an angel told them this, which sadly some religions are based on that ridiculous concept. He says, even if that happens, if it's in disagreement with the one true gospel that's been proclaimed, you you count them accursed. You just go ahead and write it off. And I think about Brother Elkins, one of his famous quotes that that he used to say, if it agrees with the Bible, accept it. If it does not agree with the Bible, reject it. We need to hold true to that. That's right. right. Sometimes it's easier to believe a lie that one has heard a thousand times than to believe truth that he's never heard before, too. That's right. That's true. Chase, we'll stay with you and ask our last question of the episode today. Can we truly understand the Bible? And and I want... I'd love to, and maybe the group can do this as well, but I want to touch on the fact that some people have made the statement that certain versions of the Bible are too difficult to understand, and therefore they're going to find a much easier version to use. And a lot of times the easier version they pick is not a very good version. Right. And so let's let's start with can we truly understand the Bible, and if anyone wants to chime in with that, feel free to. Well, the bottom line is we serve an 
omnibenevolent, all-good God. And an all-good God would not give us something that tells us what to do to be saved and not allow us to understand it. We can't understand what he gave us in order to be saved. First Timothy 2, verses 3 through 4 says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth. So you have to come to a knowledge of the truth so that you then can be saved, and God wants you to be saved. Again, an all-good God is not going to give us something that's impossible to understand if he wants us to be saved, and that requires knowledge. 1 John 5, verse 13 says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So we can know that we have eternal life. We can come to that knowledge. Well, the same God who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth makes it possible for us to understand His Word so that we can come to that knowledge of the truth. Some people say that the Bible is too difficult to be understood. And this kind of goes into what you're talking about with different versions. We've got to be careful of that because there are a lot of versions that are quote-unquote paraphrased versions. And basically they take what man thinks about what God said and they put it in their own words. And a lot of times that can get you in trouble because you're putting... I mean, we all preach and, and paraphrase from time to time. But if you're not careful with your paraphrase, you can take what God said and you can change it. And That's so right. we've got to be very careful about that. 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us that we've got to make effort, we've got to be diligent to study. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, which we're all familiar with, says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, teleos, uh, thoroughly equipped unto every good work. So again, it's possible. We can't understand it. 2 Peter 1.3, uh, we've mentioned this before says that uh, God's divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Again, an all-good God has given us that, and we can understand it. And then Ephesians 5.17, Drew mentioned earlier, says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And that really sums it up. It is true that Peter said in 2 Peter 3.16 that there are some things that are difficult to be understood, but that, those are not the things that we have to understand to be saved. Those are different things that are, are complex things uh, occasionally that come up in the Bible. But the things that we need to know, the basics to be saved, we can understand it, and it's really not that difficult. Yeah, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things <laughs> right. belong to the Lord. Right. And so there are certain things that I don't have to waste my time worrying about because they belong to God anyway. Sure. What has been revealed is what I need. Like you said in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, coincidentally, that word complete is what we get the connotation for 1 Corinthians 13, sure. when that which is perfect has come. Right. We're not talking about something perfection in that sense. We're talking about when it's complete, the Word of God being complete. Right. The day of miracles will cease. Drew, you said you had a, a thought from John 20? Yeah, uh, Chase triggered a thought when he emphasized <clears throat> verses 30 and 31. These are written that you might believe. What exactly is, he, is John saying? All these miraculous events that took place in the book of John to confirm the word, Mark 16, 20, to confirm that belief, it's all about evidence. God has not lacked in giving us evidence. Just prior to verses 30 and 31, we have Thomas. You remember Thomas? Right. I, if, <laughs> I need right. to see it. But when he saw the evidence, what did he do? He fell down at the Lord's feet and he says, my Lord and my God. And that's what we must do with truth. When we come to the knowledge of evidence and we weigh the evidence, we need to do the same thing, my Lord and my God. That's right. That's right. Cantrell? If God is all-knowing and powerful, and he is, 
Why would he give us a book we can't understand? That's, That's right. Right. Yeah. right. Why would he give us people we couldn't understand? Mm-hmm. Great point. And in truth, as we close out our episode today, that's, that's what I want to leave you with is you can only understand your life and the experiences that you yourself have had. And yet at the same time, there's still absolute truth. There's still things that we can look at and, and examine and study. And as we seek to understand each other and understand the Bible and understand error and all of the things that need to be understood, just remember a conversation doesn't hurt. A conversation with a minister, a conversation with a person, it doesn't hurt when you're trying to understand what someone is going through, and perhaps they're wrong. I believe there's a way that you can disagree with somebody and still be brethren. But as this episode is concluded, we would like to say that we're appreciative of you taking some time and listening to us and studying with us and being here today for the Scattered Abroad podcast. Uh, As always, you need to remember that you can find all of our social media links and emails down in our show notes below. And our sponsorship and giveaway for the month, you need to enter in to win that. And the way that you enter into that giveaway is you go to our website, scatterthebroad.org. You scroll down to the bottom, put in your name and your email address, and you'll automatically be entered for the giveaway this month. Also, please don't forget, we strive every day to have content for you to listen to that can help you in your walk with Christ or get you to have a walk with Christ. We're always willing to study or to find somebody in your area that would be willing to study with you. Reach out to us, message us. We'd be glad to talk to you. On behalf of the Scattered Abroad Network, I want to say thank you and God bless. of Scattered Abroad. Don't forget about our giveaway, our monthly sponsorship and the giveaway that we have going on this month. You can enter in to win by going to our email list on our website, scatterthebroad.org. Go all the way down to the bottom, put in your name, your email address, and you'll automatically be entered to win for this month's giveaway. We try every day to provide content for you that you can learn, you can study, and you can grow. And so for all of us here at Scattered Abroad Network, We want to thank you, and God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.